last time has been talking about our words. And this is so important because this is part of faith, which is what I've been talking about today. And, and, and it's, it's about getting your words right in all areas, which is why, you know, you might say, well, you know, I, I want to talk to my mountain, but Pastor Tony is talking about the way you talk to other people. <laughs> well, James said, shouldn't have salt water and spring water coming out of the same mouth. Many people are wondering, some, they, they want their faith to work in their words over their healing, but then they'll go and cuss their neighbor. So actually, we need to learn to get our words right in all areas. It's all important. Amen? And I might talk about that more in just a moment, but I want to just, uh, let, let's quickly go to, uh, in fact, let's go to John 14. And then, because uh, this one I mentioned in the last session that I did. And um, sorry, I've opened the wrong set of notes. There it is, John 14. And we mentioned this one about uh, Jesus said, you'll do lesser works than I did because I'm Jesus and you can't do what I did. But at least you should be happy with doing quarter of what I did. <laughs> I sp- I spoke to fig trees, you'll talk to blades of grass. Is that what he said? This is where I ended, remember? Before the previous session? Did Jesus expand or diminish? Okay. So let's look at what he says here. John 14. Now I'm not going to, I could spend a long time getting stuck. I'm going to, you can read from about verse 7 in your own time, the discussion that led up to what Jesus was saying. And, and the problem is, if I start reading it, I'll start pausing and, and commenting in the middle, and I won't get where I need to, want to get to. So I'm going to jump straight into verse 12, yeah? Uh, and Because and, I've got lots of comments and teachings on the previous verses when they asked about, show us the Father. But this is part of Jesus' answer in verse 12, and we know this, but once again, knowing it doesn't mean you can't get something more out of it. And it's always good to get, you know... Look in the scriptures, even that you know well and have heard a lot, because the Spirit of God can still highlight things to you and quicken things to you. And it's good to hear them again and again and again and get it built into you. Um, most, verse 12, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, the works that I do, he should never ever expect to do. Most assuredly, I say to you, the works that I do shall only the apostles for the first hundred years do. Now, if you, if you, if, if, that's what you would think the scriptures must say by what gets taught. But what does it say? He who believes in me. Where, where does it say just the apostles? Where does it place a limitation on that? Now, again, Jesus did not need us to come in and place a limitation on it that he forgot to put in because clearly he didn't know what he was talking about, so he needed us to come and fix what he left out and to add in the extra phrase, that's just for the apostles. No, he said it how he said it, and he meant it how he said it, and he wants us to believe it like he said it. Yeah? Remember, God likes people who just have the courage to believe what he said and step out on it. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Now, it would have been great if he stopped there. But then he says, and greater. He expands it. He increases it. He, Jesus, Jesus did that all the time. Like I said, he went from a fig tree to a mountain. I did a fig tree, you go to a mountain. He's not trying to lessen us. He's not trying to get us to... Believe we can do less. But see, we need, to, we need to build this on the inside of us like we've never built it on the inside of us before. Spend time in this. Build this foundation of the Word inside of you because the Word will, will, will impart faith to you. Sometimes you've got to stick with these truths because I think sometimes, like Tony said, sometimes it takes time to go from here to here. Now the t- it's, it's not, it doesn't have to take time in a sense. It takes time because of our own resistance and slowness to see some things. And sometimes that can take 20 years. It doesn't have to. It can be quicker. 
But these truths, God is wanting us to start seeing this and get it now. Because the generation we're living in, the time we're living in right now, God is wanting more and more believers to start stepping into some things. I've, I've said this before to, to some of the groups that we teach on Zoom and stuff, but I've said that, that I, I personally do not believe we have got decades to get a hold of these truths anymore. We need, God is wanting people to get them now. The closer you get to the fulfillment of some things, the more important it is that, we, that, that, that we're ready. When, and I've said this before, when you're preparing for an event and you've got six weeks until the event, you've got time. You can take, you, you can take a few days off because, you, you know, whatever, okay? But when you're two days to go to the event, like a big wedding ceremony, there's a lot more. And it's got to be made sure it's got to be ready now. God has been training us for decades and a big part of what he's been training us is the word and faith. But now we're at a stage where God, where you see, and, and, and we... There's been rejection of some truths in the church. They've pushed some things away and not accepted some things. But we're at a stage now where God says, this is now time. We, we, you either step into this or not, but we're on the verge of the promised land. We, and, the, and to go in, it's going to take a people of faith. The ones who wouldn't grab it and kept rejecting it ended up back in the wilderness. I don't want to be that group, do you? We're now at a point where it's time. We, we, we got to grab this, run with it, get it functioning. And apply yourself to it. Like I said last night, remember what the Apostle Paul did. He was hungry. He gave himself to that word. So that his thinking got changed. He applied himself. Got his own mind renewed. And he got a hold of some things. This is what we need to start getting this. These truths. And step into this. But most assuredly I say to you, who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Then, then these he will do because I go to my Father. Now that's verse 12, isn't it? What does verse 13 say? Do you think verse 13 is possibly in any way connected to verse 12? Or do you think these are just randomly thrown together statements that have nothing to do with each other? Are these, are these just completely separate things? Or are they connected? So what is, 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 we could call this context, couldn't we? <laughs> These are sentences right next to each other. Jesus is not just throwing out random statements that have nothing to do with each other. What has he just said? Verse 12. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works. Now verse 13. Someone read it to me. That's far enough. And whatever... Whatever the Spirit of the Lord wants to do when he's ready to do the greater works. Right after greater works, what's the first thing out of his mouth? Whatever you, you ask. Does that sound like Peter sitting in the boat asking, you tell me to come? And a miracle began to manifest through his life. Right after, the very first sentence, after talking about the greater works, he does not emphasize the will of the Lord. He does not emphasize when the Spirit's ready. He emphasizes you and what you ask and where you put your expectation. Do you think that's connected to the greater works? Did Jesus say, sit in the corner and wait for the Lord to do the greater works? No, 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 he didn't. What's directly connected? Now, you. Now, I know in verse 17, he then talks about the Holy Spirit. This is also connected. See, verse 13, he talks about you ask. Verse 14, and if you, if you ask anything in my name, yeah. I will do it. Will, will he honor some things we step out on. A lot, a lot of the large amount of the church don't believe that. Is God looking for some people who are filled with his word and who have the courage to step out and he will back and honor whatever you ask, I will do. Is this coming from the head of the church? See, is this coming from Jesus? Did he say this? 
Do we need to change it? Did he say it wrong? Do we have to fix it? Does he need the lieutenants under him to, to change it? That's mutiny. We heard that in the last session that I taught. Is he saying, I will back some things up that you step out on? Right connected to the greater works. And then, that's verse 13 and 14. Then, verse 15, he talks about love. We heard a little bit about that in the previous session. Because the way we talk, the way we treat, that, that's part of it. Now, I haven't talked as much about that part, but actually that is a big part of it. And then in verse 16, I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another. Helper that he may abide with you forever. Verse 17, the spirit of truth. Do you think that's connected to the greater works? Yes. The, the, he's giving you principles. Right after telling you the greater works, he talks about you asking. Well, let me ask this. In context of what Jesus taught about asking, how are we supposed to ask? If you look at other things that he says about asking, you don't have to twist the word. You just look at how did Jesus teach where to ask? Faith is to be involved in our asking. So if we're asking, we're going to ask the way Jesus taught us to ask. Well, the one we read in the previous session, Mark 11, 23, 24, where he cursed the fig tree, he talked about there, when you, uh, verse 24, whatsoever things you desire, when you, when you pray or when you ask, believe you receive them. Is, is your believing involved in your asking? Now, I'm not twisting it. Je that's how Jesus taught us to ask. So because Jesus had already taught his disciples how to ask, when he now tells them, ask, it would be with the understanding of ask how I've been teaching you to ask for the last three and a half years. <laughs> yes? Context of Jesus' own teaching. So let him ask in, 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 in verse 13, and in my name, the authority of his name. So you've got faith and asking, because those are connected in verse 13, and you've got what you want, not just, not, just, not just waiting on the Lord and saying, oh, Lord, no, no, no. He's saying, if you begin to put your faith on some things and you begin to ask for some things and you begin to step out and expect, God will honor and move in the greater works. But then after that, he then talks about the connection with the Holy Spirit. Do you see the word in the Spirit? Faith, faith and the Spirit working together. Is he just wanting us to just leave it all up to the Holy Spirit, or is he actually wanting a cooperation of faith, our faith and the Holy Spirit? Both. He's wanting us to step into both. And he puts it even in this passage, you see both. Amen? Now, that, that, let, let, let's, let's go. I won't read the scripture for time's sake because there's some other things I want to, want to say about it. But let's, let's remind ourselves again quickly. We started on Peter walking on the water. Because I'm just going to cover something, something specific here for a moment that we need to get a hold of. When, when, when Peter stepped out of the boat, I've talked about the yes, step out. Have the courage, trust God. He asked, he initiated that. God, Jesus honored that and said, fine, come. Jesus didn't say, oh, no, you, mustn't, you can't do that. Wait for, the, wait for God to initiate. But anyway, he steps out. He begins to sink. Well, he walked first. <laughs> then got his eyes on the wind and the wave, began to sink. And, and Jesus helped him get up. What did Jesus say to him after, when he began to sink? We read this in the last session. Does anyone remember? Oh, you of little? Why did you? Did Jesus sit there puzzling over why it didn't, why things went wrong? Was Jesus ever confused? Was there ever a time Jesus said, I wonder why that didn't work? Was there ever a time Jesus said, you can never know these things? Or when things didn't work or didn't go right, was Jesus quite sure of why it didn't go right? And here's an interesting thought. Did he always give completely different reasons for why things didn't work, or did he always zero in on basically the same reason? Now, if Jesus keeps pointing to something in different contexts, what should that tell us? 
Okay, yeah, that's what he's pointing at, but let's talk about the concept. If Jesus keeps pointing at something and saying, this is why it went wrong, this is why it went wrong, this is why it went wrong, what should that tell us? That is why it goes wrong. <laughs> it's a bit obvious, isn't it? Take notice. Jesus said, Peter, that's why you sank. What, what should that teach Peter? Should Peter say, would, did Peter walk around for the rest of his life going, oh, I just don't understand why I didn't sink? And someone said, yeah, but Jesus said it's because of your doubt. And don't you tell me I'm in doubt and unbelief. People don't like being told they're in doubt and unbelief. But, 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 but if Peter had resisted that truth, would he have known why he sank? Okay. Were there any other times Jesus pointed to the same reasons? What about Matthew 17? Matthew 17, let's look at this one quickly. Did Jesus ever puzzle over why things were not happening? Did Jesus ever, did he ever say, the Lord must have a reason? How, how can we say that? Shouldn't we be representing his word? Now, representing his word does not mean changing his word. That's misrepresenting his Representing his word means saying it the way he said it and would have said it. And reflecting what he said. Now, that doesn't just apply in some areas. Some people are quite happy to talk that, say how much we must all love each other because Jesus told us we must all love each other. I totally agree, we must. But the moment you get into the miraculous and talking about faith, they want to change everything he said. Can't do that. Did, he ever, did Jesus ever say, well, we just don't know why it didn't work? Now, if the Bible keeps pointing at the same thing, over and over and over and over and over again in different contexts, what should that tell us? That's the reason. Now, if I don't want to hear the reason that he gives and I push it away and I start looking for another reason, am I going to find another reason? If I close my ear to the reason he keeps pointing at, and I walk around and say, well, you know, I, no, 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 that's not the reason in my life. I know everybody else, the whole Bible talks about, and everybody Jesus ever pointed to, that was the reason. But no, 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 that's not the reason in my life. I'm sorted in that area. For me, it's another reason, like the mysterious will of the Lord. You know what I call that? Pride. Because that's resisting what he said and trying to come up with your own reasons. Where did Jesus ever say, Peter, you sank or it didn't work because it was the will of the Lord. The Lord must have had a reason. What the, see, the reason, the reason we come up with those reasons is because we don't want to hear the reason he pointed to. What was the reason he pointed to? Lack of faith, unbelief, and doubt. Over and over again, he kept pointing. Now, what, is that something about God or is that something about us? No, no, when you talk about unbelief and lack of faith and doubt, that's something about us, not something about God. But we don't want to highlight something about us, so we close ourselves off to that and we would rather highlight something about God as to why it didn't work. But when God says, this is the reason... That is the reason. Stop resisting it and just listen and say, there's something in this area that we've got to make sure we're getting right. Amen? So, where did I say go? Matthew 17. We've, we, I've mentioned Peter already. What about Matthew? Let me just get to Matthew 17. Well, I mean, let, let, me, let, me, let me, before, before I read Matthew 17, if I can actually find it in my notes. It's in there somewhere. <laughs> Might be actually further up. When Jesus was in his own hometown, don't, you don't have to go there in Mark 6, and, and he couldn't do any mighty works, yeah? Anyone remember that? What does it then say? He marveled 
because the spirit just was not moving that day. And he was really surprised because when he woke up that morning, he had a strong sense in his heart that the spirit was going to move. But then when he got to the meeting, the spirit just didn't move. So it was all the spirit's fault. And he walked out of that meeting and he thought, the Lord must have had a reason for not moving today. <laughs> now we can shake our heads, but then we walk straight out of here and we give that exact reason ourselves. <laughs> I don't need testimonies, but we keep doing that. We keep putting it back on him. What did Jesus say? Why was there no manifestation of the Spirit? Why didn't miracles happen there? He marveled because of there. He highlighted something about them. Oh, no, I don't like that. My, 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 I'm going to close my ears. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it. No, 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 no. I don't want to hear that reason. <laughs> That's what we do. I want, to, I want to hear another reason, like it must be in the will of the Lord. Where did Jesus, ever, where did Jesus the head of the church, ever do that? He didn't. So where have we added that in? We've adjusted the way he presented it to a way that's more comfortable to us. Because it's a lot less offensive to say, well, the Lord had a reason than to say something here didn't go right. It's a lot easier to say, I did it all right, but for some reason, the Lord. That's far less offensive, isn't it? And of course, you know, we must be politically correct and never be offensive in church. And we must, we must preach it in a way that's comfortable for, for the, the people, how they want to hear it. And if they don't want to hear anything about unbelief, we mustn't preach unbelief because, you know, they might get offended. So let's preach what's comfortable to man rather than what the word of the Lord says. No. <laughs> no. Jesus didn't do that. Do you know that right after being raised from the dead, and this is in Mark 16, before he gives the great, the great commission, where he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Do you know that the very verse before, before he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel? Anyone ever heard that, the great commission? Go read the verse just before that. And it says he rebuked their unbelief because they wouldn't believe he'd been raised from the dead. <laughs> he did what to their unbelief? Rebuke, did, did Jesus, oh, oh, it's okay, I understand. I mean, seriously, you know, you guys, it's asking a lot to, to expect you to believe that the guy who you saw die just a few days ago has been raised from the dead. That really is asking a lot. I know I'm asking a lot of you. I know you're still on, remember, David, squirrel faith. Last night, some of you. You're still on lower, I know, I know it's a lot to ask of you. So our Jesus shouldn't have expected that much out of you to believe that I'd be raised from the dead. And, and, and you know, I can understand. It's all, all right, please, 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 I don't want to offend you. No, he, he just rebuked their unbelief. So why didn't you believe? Amen? But anyway, Mark, uh, Matthew 17, yeah? Do we need to listen to the reason the Bible highlights? And get it. If it's not working, where do we need to look? In some way, the principles of faith. I, I can't tell you how many people have said to me, yeah, but I've got all of those working, but it's still not working. So obviously there must be a reason the Lord hasn't shown me yet. <laughs> That's what the devil wants you to think. He wants you looking everywhere else. So that he can keep it not working in your life because you won't look at the thing that the Bible keeps pointing at. Do you realize that going back to the word and being word-based means actually looking at the things that the Bible points at and then starting to believe it that way? <laughs> and if the Bible keeps pointing at that and we want to be word-based, what must we do? That's where we must begin to realize this is what the Bible's pointing at. Matthew 17. We'll just start in verse 14. And when they'd come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. 
In other words, the disciples weren't getting results, yeah? So Jesus said to them, the will of the Lord be done. Obviously, God doesn't want it to happen. Just because it wasn't happening, did Jesus conclude God didn't want it to happen? No. Did Jesus say, well, you see, that's just proof. The fact that it didn't happen proves God didn't want it to happen. No. In fact, moments later, the boy's free when Jesus gets involved. So just because they couldn't do it didn't prove anything about God's will. Just because it wasn't happening for them. But what does Jesus then say? Verse 17. So Jesus answered and said. Someone read it. That's far enough. Don't ignore the first few words of what he said. Yes, he said some other things, but what's the when something's not working, the very first words, your, your translation says, oh, unbelieving generation. Mine says, oh, faithless and perverse generation. The moment something's not working, what, is the, what does Jesus highlight? Oh, faithless. This isn't just extra words coming out of his mouth because he, he, he doesn't know what to say. When Jesus saw something not working, what's the first thing he highlights every time? Something in this area is breaking down. So when they came out and said, why can't it? And then let's jump down to verse 19. Okay? So the, the, this is, we've just read when the man himself came to Jesus and the man says, well, your disciples couldn't. Now, I don't want to go into the details of whose faith. All I want you to see for now, right now, is the fact that Jesus knew when it's not working, that's where we look. Because what did Jesus also know? When that area is working, it works. Amen? So, verse, uh, verse 19. Now, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Now, they want to know. And Jesus said to them, we, ne we can never understand these things, boys, but the will of the Lord be done. No. What did Jesus say to him? Well, clearly the Spirit of the Lord wasn't moving today. Did Jesus highlight something about God and the Spirit? Or did he highlight something about them. What's the, the very, don't read the full answer, okay? Because people focus on the prayer and fasting and all of that. That's another teaching uh, and, and something like that. But notice the very first thing out of his mouth, verse 20. So Jesus said to them, someone read it. Which, no, you're in the previous verse still. I think, are you, no, but you're reading verse 17. Oh, 19. 19. <laughs> 20. There we go. That's it. That's, that's it. That's the first thing out of his mouth, isn't it? We study all the other part of it, and people go into great lengthy sermons about the prayer and the fasting, all the other, how you got to do all different things. But they, the very first thing out of his mouth when something's not working was to highlight something about faith. And he says, because of, because of your unbelief. Why? Why does, why does Jesus highlight this? Because that's where it breaks down. Now, if, God, if he's wanting us to step into more, and he's trying to get us to function in the faith life, he wants, he want, there's some things he wants us to see. He, 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 need, he, he wants, he needs, he's trying to get us to begin to realize the role that our faith plays in the manifestation of things. We've been resistant to that truth. It's been pushed away. It's been rejected en masse. But we've got to come back to it. Because there are things he wants us to step into a higher level. Again, people say, well, I, you know, I've, been, I've tried that and it didn't work. What did I say at the end of the last session? Get back up on the bicycle and do it again. Try it again. Let's get this working. Jesus never puzzled over the reason it's not working. 
Every time it didn't work, he pointed at the same thing in different contexts. Now, I could spend ages going through that, but I'm not going to. But you, if you go through that, you'll always find somewhere in there it's highlighted something not working in the, in the area of faith. When something's not working or something's not happening. Now, let, let's link what I have just said to some things Pastor Tony just said. Go to Numbers 14. And we're gonna, we'll end on this for today, anyway. Numbers 14. I think I've lost my set of notes again when I was trying to get you. This is the problem when you're flicking back and forth between more than one thing. Keep opening the wrong one. There it is. Numbers, th numbers 13, actually, first. Now, Numbers 13, this connects even in some things last night. This is, this is them coming to the verge of the promised land. They're about to enter in. Remember last night, for those of you who were here, I said some things had to be different this time. Could they get into the promised land doing things the way they had functioned in the wilderness? No. If we want to step into the fullness, can we get away with the areas that we've not been doing it right as a church and just continue to get away with it and still expect the Spirit just to do it all? Or is God saying, does God bring us to a point where he said, I've got you this far doing it wrong. Now we need the change to get to do the way I wanted to do it. He let them through the whole wilderness doing it wrong, but he brought them to the verge of the promised land. He says, now we need this change. And he would not take them further until that issue changed. There's some things that have to be done the right way in order to step into some things. And it's not just going to all be this word. When God has said it's time for faith and the Spirit to function, and we say we don't want to grab a hold of faith, we don't want to grab a hold of faith, God does not just say, oh, okay, we'll forget about that. We'll just do it by the Spirit and take you in anyway. No. He said it's time to get this. How many of you can make up your mind? I'm going to get this working. I'm going to get this functioning. I'm going to get this working in my life. And I'm going to keep at it until I got it working. Even if it doesn't work, if it doesn't quite function right, I'm not going to get all discouraged and give up on it. I'm going to keep at it until I, until I get it this functioning right. So we're in Numbers. Actually, I did say Numbers 14, then I said Numbers 13, then I said Numbers 14. <laughs> Let's go to Numbers 14. <laughs> okay. This is the, on the verge of the promised land. I want you to see something here. You might have seen this before, but I'm going to highlight it again. Verse 1. Now, this is right after Caleb has said, let's go up and take it. Remember, that go, get up and go. Let's get in and let's move into what God says. And the rest of them said, no, we can't go into it. We can't go into it. We, don't, that's, we do not want to be that generation. So then, so then, verse 1, Numbers 14 is the next bit. says, So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation, the whole congregation, now congregation, that doesn't just mean that one local church. This is a nation. I've said this before. Was it enough for just Caleb and Joshua to be in faith, and they could pull the whole nation into the promised land. No. There's certain things your faith can function in your own, genera in your own life, but if there's some things we as a, ch as a, as a church in, the, in local, nationwide, international, are going to step into, it's going to take more of us and really all of us. It's not, we've relied on the guy in the pulpit being in faith while the rest of us just be in unbelief. No more time for that anymore. Amen? All of us, we've got to get this function. We've relied on the guy in the pulpit knows how to get his prayers answered. So if I need a prayer answered, I'll get him to do it for me and I'll still stay in unbelief. No, that, that day's over. That's the wilderness. We're past that point now. God's been training us for each one of us to learn how to get it. This way, you've got to dig your heels in the ground and say, it's time I learn how to get this. Not just rely on somebody else to get the miracle for me. I'm going to learn how to get this functioning in my life. 
Okay? So the whole congregation said, we're in verse 2. What did the whole congregation do? Okay. They complained against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation. What, what, what else did they do besides grumble? What did, what did Tony talk about in the last session? The whole congregation said, spoke, spoke. Were there words? Were they saying some things? They spoke. They said. What did they say? If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. What, what ended up happening to that generation? They got one of those two things, didn't they? They said, we're either going to die, if only we had died in Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness. Did they get that? They got exactly that. Verse, verse 11, let's jump this a little bit. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? Well, they weren't rejecting God, were they? They, they were just being resistant to the word of God, but that's two separate things, surely. You know, it's all right if we resist the word because, you know, that's just the opinion of Paul and that's just, you know, the, but, but, but we still love the Lord. No. Their resistance to what God said was rejection of him. You can't accept God and reject his word. How long have these people rejected me and how long will they not believe me? Had God, said, had, God, had, had God said that before in the wilderness? Not really. Each time they got into unbelief, there was a bit of a rebuke. They had some things go wrong, and then God came through for them. But this time, it's different. Some things are different. Now, Moses and the Lord have, have a discussion about some things. And, 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 you know, and there's some talk about just wipe the whole lot of them out and all kinds of things like that. And Moses said, Lord, please forgive them. Please forgive them. Look at verse, verse 19. Pardon the iniquity of this people, I pray, according to the greatness of your mercy, just as you've forgiven this people from Egypt. Notice this. Just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. In other words, every time they've messed up and every time they've not believed you up until this point, what did God do? Just let them off the hook. And he came through for them anyway. And so even Moses is saying, God, you've done that every time up until now. Just forgive them, Lord, as you've done from Egypt even until now. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Verse 20. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. God says, that's fine, I'll forgive them. <laughs> but... <laughs> that's not a nice phrase to want to hear. I have forgiven, but when that's coming from the lips, God, God says, "Fine, I'll forgive them, but I'll forgive them, but I'm not taking them any further than this point. They've got as far as they can come, functioning like that." I have pardoned according to your word, verse 20. I'm just jumping through this. You could keep reading. Verse 26. This is where, where, where I wanted to see. Verse 26. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. Did it matter what they were speaking? Did it matter that they were not believing what God said? Yes. Did they get away with it up until now? Did that mean they were always going to get away with it? Did there come a time when God expected change? Yeah. 
I've heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. Verse 28, say to them, as I live, says the Lord. Now, when God says something like, as I live, or assuredly as I live, you know God's never going to die. So what he's saying here will never change. Surely as I live, says the Lord. Verse 28. Everyone, everyone looking at verse 28 with me. Just as I have ordained, because my will and by my spirit and what I've chosen was just going to come to pass. Just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. Did they get what God wanted, or did they get what they spoke? What did God want for them? God said, promised land, they said, die in the wilderness. Which did they get? Well, you know, it's all up to the, no, it's not all up to the Lord. That, that's wrong theology. That's a lie. That's been preached in Christianity. It's a lie. That's a part of the wheat and the tares. The tares that has been sprinkled in. It's got in in our thinking. What does the Bible teach? What did they get? Through the wilderness, they got miracles. But when it came to the final thing, the thing that mattered, entering into the promised land, did they get what God wanted for them? Or did they get what they were putting their faith on and what they were speaking? Did God honor their words? Has, has he changed since then? Has the message of the Bible changed? No, the message of the Bible has not changed. What we claim to be the message of the Bible and what we present as the message of the Bible might have changed. But that's because we've drifted off the message that the Bible said. Don't you think it's time to come back to this? What did God say to them? Just as I have chosen for you, will happen for you. Just as my spirit wants to do. No. What did they get? They got that. Doesn't that sound like when everything I've been reading to you? Peter. Did he, was what he asked and what he put as, what he expected have a factor on him walking out of the water, walking out of the water, walking on the water. When Jesus said about the greater works, the very next verse, he then said, whatever you ask. Yeah. Not just what God's decided, not just what God, it's not just the Lord's the only one and he's just going to make it happen. And people say, well, no, I don't know why it's not working. I don't know why the Lord's not doing it. Anyone ever prayed that prayer? Or cried that thing out? I don't know why it's not working. I just told you why it's not working. What did Jesus highlight every time? Did he highlight something about the Lord? He highlighted something about us. But people say, but I'm getting that right. So I still don't know what. Whoa, 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 right there. Somewhere, something in that area. Now, what do you do when God said, this is the area that, you, that, 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 is, that, that, that causes it not to work? What do you do? When it's not working in your life? Do you push away and say, no, it's not that area for me. It's a different, mysterious area for me. Or do you say, okay, that's the area the Bible keeps highlighting. I thought I was doing it according to the word. Lord, show me. Help me to see. Where, is there, help me to see why. Or is there something or something like a, that, that? That's not a bad prayer to pray. That's humbling yourself. Lord, you said this is the area that will make it work or make it not work. Help me to see if it's not working. But what did they get? Did they get what God wanted? Or did they get what they were saying? Had they been saying this all the way through the wilderness? We're going to die in the wilderness. We're going to die in the wilderness. Every, every situation they face, we're going to die in the wilderness. We're going to die in the wilderness. Right from the Red Sea. They come through the Red Sea. 
They look back at Pharaoh. Listen, they've just come out of some of the most amazing, spectacular miracles in the Bible. And then they, they see Pharaoh behind them, the Red Sea in front of them. The first thing they said, oh, we should have just died back there. Refusing to change. What's God, what is God wanting to start happening? Some changes in the way we speak and we believe and we function. Is it, should we just resist this and say, no, we're going to do it our way, but the Lord must just move, and it's all up to Him? I still... I've had conversations recently with preachers, pastors, who tell me, no, it's all just up to the Lord. It's, it's, it's nothing to do with us. I don't know what Bible they're preaching from. I'm just going Now, if, 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 uh, <laughs> let me just use this as an illustration. Let's take this completely out of getting answered, the context of getting answered prayer, getting, getting miracles, whatever. So let's put this in another context entirely. Let's put this in context of the love walk. And let's say, let's say we functioned in the love walk. Let's say our belief system about the love walk is it was how we get was was how we a lot of churches believe about healing and answered prayer. And let's say, what does the Bible say about love? It says well, you 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 go and love them, yeah? The Bible instruction is who who forgives? Who must forgive? And when you stand praying, you forgive. Now, if we did to love and forgiveness what we've done to other faith and healing and miracles, this is, this, what we would do is something would go wrong in our life, someone would mistreat us, and we'd go to the Lord and pray, Lord, oh, they've done this. And then the Lord would say, oh, you must forgive them. And we'd turn to them and say, Lord, I it's not upon me, Lord God, it's upon you. You forgive them, Lord. It's all up to you, Lord. Spirit of the Lord, you forgive them. And God says to your heart, love them. And you go, Lord, 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 it's, not on, it's, nothing, it's nothing to do with me, Lord God. I know they wronged me. They mistreated me. They did wrong to me. But it's not up to me to love and forgive them, Lord. You love and forgive them. I'm just going to treat them however I want to. Because it's not upon me. It's all up to the Lord. Now, your mind immediately knows that's all wrong. Now, because who is it on to love? Is it all right for me to say, no, Lord, 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 I could never forgive them. It's not up to me to forgive them. It's up to you, Lord. You just forgive them. I'm, I'm, I'm going to humble myself and just hold on to my grudge. Because I could never impose upon you, Lord, the expectation that I should have to do anything. It must all be up to the Lord. Only the Lord can forgive. I can't. Do you see what I'm saying? It wouldn't work, would it? We know that's not what the Bible said. Who forgives? Who, who must walk in love when someone wrongs you? When you stand praying, you forgive. Now, we don't have a problem with it accepting it in that area, but the moment we put it in the context of faith, miracles, healing, believing God, we, we do have a problem. Everything he tells us to do, we throw back on him and say, Lord, I couldn't do it. You just do it. That wouldn't work if we did that in the love area. What makes us think it's going to work if, if we do it in the faith area? Do you see what I'm saying? So what did they get? Did they get what God wanted? Or did they get what they said? Doesn't that sound like the teachings of Jesus? That's what he said in Mark eleven twenty four. 24. He said, you speak to that, you speak to that mountain. Oh, no, no, that's, that we don't accept that, 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 you know, that's just some modern preacher who said that. No, 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 it's Jesus who said that. And it's actually consistent with the rest of the message of the Bible. It's just that we have adjusted and presented it differently. We need to get back. Because if we want to step in to what God, if we want to start stepping into the greater works, we need to start speaking and expecting and believing in accordance with that. What should they have been saying about that as they stood on the verge of the promised land? We're going in. Let's do this. They should have been speaking like Caleb. So 
Caleb said, let us arise, let's go in. Let us go in at once and take this land. So how should we be speaking? Well, you know, when the Lord sends a revival, but until that, no, 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 there you're going again. You're going all wrong. You're slipping back into that wrong way of talking. What should we be speaking? Well, let's go in. Let's go take this. We're expecting the Spirit of God to move. Oh, he's one of those overexcited preachers. Don't, no, no, you calm down. Don't jump out the boat. This is the problem. What do, we, what do we as a group start to need to be speaking? What should we be speaking? Let's go in. Let's take this land. Let's take the UK. Let's do this. Let's step into the miraculous. Let's move on into the things that the Bible's... That's how you make that the way you talk and function. Make the adjustment. Make the changes. And if you've made the changes in some areas, make it even more. Make it become even more hungry for it. Amen? Anyway... I, 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 I'm going to stop there, I think, for today. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, the, the emphasis this weekend, this weekend, obviously the last weekend I've talked a lot about the power, the miraculous. This has still been about the miraculous and the power, but I've really brought the emphasis back onto our role in it, our faith. And this is something we need to see, amen? And even, even, if, it's, even if it's stuff you've heard before, re-stir it up. Just yeah. grab this and, 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 and make a point even more than ever of, of getting this functioning in your life more. Amen. Let's just close and pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for the truths that we've learned this, uh, this weekend. And Father, we just thank you that you are helping us to see this and you're helping us. And, you, you, and, and thank you that your spirit is teaching this to us. And Lord God, we're going to do what you tell us to do. We're going to do the part. We're going to play the role of what, you, of, the, of what you tell us to play and do the bit that you're highlighting that we must do, Father God. And we're not going to just, just keep putting it back on you when, you keep put it, when you're telling us to do it. We're not going to be like that generation in the wilderness who just kept throwing it back on the Lord and wouldn't change. We're going to be the ones who are going to rise up and we're going to go in and we're going to take the land and we're going to step on into the manifestation of the Spirit of God. We're going to be the ones who step out of the boat and walk in the miraculous and walk on the water and see the greater works. And because we are stepping in, we are stepping into the greater works. We are stepping in and that's what we're speaking out. Amen. When I pray for people, the, the, the power of God manifests. When I pray for people, the, the, the greater works manifest. When I speak the word and when I put my faith in God, miracles manifest in my body. That's what I'm expecting. When I pray, that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting God's power manifests and changes and miracles and healings take place in my body. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. So we give you the glory and the honor for that. And we thank you, Lord, that your blessing is upon everybody here. Thank you that everybody here stays healthy, strong, and whole, and blessed. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.